Start running to detect tempo. Detecting tempo. detected. All right, everybody say tempo. Well, last week we started off the series, and if you missed last week, I encourage you to download the podcast or listen to it on the app. If you want to get the CD in the bookstore, you can. But it was a message about the Jesus tempo and how Jesus carved time out of his week to rest, to pray, to get alone with God, that he made time in his week to build relationships, and how Jesus would have a good balance of work, ministry, and relationships, and most importantly, his relationship with God. And I want to encourage you to get that message. But today, we're going to continue the series talking about trusting God's tempo for your life. So if you have a Bible or a Bible on your phone, stand up on your feet. Even if you don't have one, stand on your feet. We're so glad all of you guests are here. I know many of you are visitors today. Welcome to Victory. I'm so glad you came this morning to Victory Church. You aren't here on accident. You're here on purpose. And we're going to turn in our Bibles to Psalm 31, verse 15. We get excited. We think the Bible is better than OU football, better than a double overtime. We think it's pretty exciting. We think the Bible can change your life. So we we shout when we open up the word, and it's an exciting thing. And this is what David said in Psalm 31, 15. He said, Lord, my times are in your hands. Everybody say that. My times are in your hands. Now flip with me to one more scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 I know some of y'all are like Habakkuk I don't, I don't know where that's at but that's okay you're in the right place you're gonna find it one of these days Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 and if you can't find it just follow me on the screen this is what it says it says for still the vision awaits its appointed time it hastens to the end it will not lie if it seems slow wait for it everybody say wait for it he says it will surely come it will not delay I want to tell you today, God has the perfect tempo for every season of your life. He's got the perfect pace, the perfect speed, the perfect timing for whatever you're waiting for, and you just got to wait for it. You just got to trust it. So if you're new to victory, we're going to say a declaration, a confession we say every week. We're going to say it on the count of three, and it's going to be on the screen behind me. So let's say it like we mean it today, church. Here we go. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Lord, we thank you for victory. We thank you for joy. We thank you for peace. And God, today, let us leave refreshed, encouraged, renewed, revived. Let us leave different than the way we came in. God, let us be reminded that you're for us not against us, that you're with us, and God, that your power is in us to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said? All right, you may be seated. 
tempo. Tempo. Tempo has to do with time. It has to do with pace. It has to do with the speed of motion. Anything that's in motion has a tempo. It has a pace. And I was thinking about how before I was a pastor, I used to play in a band. And I remember we had this one gig. It was a big gig. We had about 200 people there. And that was a big one for us because most of our gigs were like 50 people. And so I remember standing in front of those people and I was so excited. Our band had just started using in-ears. And if you're a musician, you know in-ears are basically these small little earphones that helps you listen to the click, the metronome, the tempo of the song that you're going to play so that you can stay in sync. And I'm not talking about the old boy band. I'm talking about in sync, like in rhythm with the drummer. And see, in every band, someone sets the tempo. And so obviously in our band, it's the drummer. Most bands, it is the drummer. It's not the guitar player. That's the sound right there. That's the tempo. And so we had that in our ears. You couldn't hear it out here, but we could hear it in here. And it helped us stay in rhythm with the rest of the band. Well, I got so excited in that gig. People were watching and they were cheering, on boy, on boy. That was the name of our band. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got really excited. I ripped the in-ears out of my ears. And I was like, I can do this without the in-ears. And so I start singing and playing and I start getting excited. And I am going so fast, way ahead of the rest of the band. Finally, I stop hearing the drums behind me, I stop hearing the guitars and the pianos, and I realize I'm playing all by myself, and people are just kind of watching, like this is awkward and embarrassing for the lead singer, and I turn around, and the whole band is just looking at me, they're like, really, Paul, really, you're going to pull the in-ears out, try to do this on your own tempo, and the drummer literally said in front of everyone, he's like, uh-uh, we're starting the song over again, you got to put the in-ears in so we can stay on tempo. You got to listen to me. I'm setting the tempo, Paul, not you. And I was like, this was like a control battle in front of everybody. I was like, all right, fine, I submit. I submit to the drummer's tempo. And, and praise God, it was embarrassing, but we got through the song. It was a lot better. And I think about how in our lives, God has a tempo. And oftentimes as Christians, we may not say it, but what we do is we rip out the in-ears and we think, I can do this on my own. I don't need to follow God's timing on when I should get married. I'm going to rush through this slow, single process because I'm tired of sitting around waiting on God's tempo. Am I stepping on some toes this morning? I don't need to wait on God's tempo to get this promotion. I can shove this door open. I can force this thing on my own. I don't have to wait for God to get me connected and get me into this opportunity relationship. I'm going to make it happen in my own timing. And what happens is we take out the in-ears of listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to God's timing, and we get ahead of God. And anytime you get ahead of God, it's always embarrassing, right? Because you have to live with the consequences and praise God for grace, but there's consequences when we try to do things in our own tempo, our own timing. And I want to tell you today, God has a set time for everything that you're believing for. He has a set time, singles, for you to get married. He has a set time, uh, married people, for you to have children. He has a set time for you to have that third child. He has a set time for you to get that promotion where you work. He has a set time for your healing. He has a set time for that restoration in your family. He has a set time for your son to come back to church. But see, God's timing is always better than our timing. His tempo is always better than our tempo. And my question for you this morning is, who is setting your tempo? What is setting your tempo? Is it guilt or is it grace? Is it paranoia or is it prayer? Is it the pressures of people or the prince of peace? 
Is it condemnation or is it courage? Is it greed or is it generosity? Because when God sets your tempo, it's going to be God glorifying. Whatever is driving your pace, it's going to glorify God. It's not going to be living with fear. It's going to be moving with faith. And there's certain seasons of our life where God speeds up the tempo. He accelerates your destiny. And other times where he says, slow down. You know, yesterday or this past week, I was driving through Tulsa. And, and within one hour, I had driven through 10 different speed limits. Right? I was driving through my neighborhood. It was 25. When I got out of my neighborhood, it was 35. Then I got to this one street. It was 45. Then I got on the highway, baby, and it was 65. Then I got off that highway on another highway, and it was 55. Then I got off that highway, and I went through a construction zone, and all of a sudden, I slowed down to 35. And I was kind of frustrated because I was enjoying the 55. Then I went into a school parking lot, and it was 10 miles an hour. And some of you guys aren't obeying those laws around here. <laughs> But you know, I think about how God has different speed limits for different seasons of your life. And sometimes you get to go 70 miles an hour. Sometimes when, you, when God's saying, okay, green lights, I want you to go fast. I've got some things. I'm accelerating you. And then other times, it's ironic that during the school parking lots, it's a slower speed. And I think about in life, when God is taking you through school, it feels a little slow. You got to slow down. You got to learn. You got to glean. You got to listen. You got to stay in God's tempo because there's reasons why. If you go too fast through that school zone, you're going to hurt someone else and you'll hurt yourself too. God has a tempo, a reason for why He's got you at the pace that He's got you at. I want you to turn with me real quick to Psalms 102, verse 13. Psalm 102, verse 13. And this is what. God says, he says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time. Everybody say set time. The set time has come. Now time in the Greek has two different words. Chronos, which means quantitative time, minutes, hours, days. And then kairos. Kairos is a set time. It's an opportune divine moment on your life. God has divine moments that have already been written on the calendar for your life before you were even born. God had written down a date on the calendar of my life before I was ever born, August 24th, 2014. God had written down that I would step in as the pastor of Victory Christian Center. I didn't know it. I, I didn't grow up knowing that date. In fact, I didn't know that date until about two and a half months before it happened. But you know what? God knew. And God had been preparing me since I was a young boy for that day. I think about October 17th, 2009. God had put that date on the calendar of my life when I would marry the love of my life, Ashley Hope Doherty. God has set dates, set appointed times for you. All throughout the scriptures, this is a scriptural thing that God appoints times for people. That he has set appointed times for kings. I think about how David had heard from God. And always God decrees a thing before he does a thing. God will always speak a thing before it happens. And God spoke to David, you're going to be the king of Israel. Well, it wasn't until 15 plus years later that David actually stepped into the role of the king of Israel. And God is putting dreams in your heart. He's put ideas in your mind. He's putting visions inside you and, and even desires, goals, wanting to get married, wanting to have children. And sometimes we can try to rush the process. We can try to set our own tempo, our own pace, like God... I'd rather speed through the season. This is going kind of slow. Can we accelerate the tempo? And God's saying, trust my tempo. 
The title of the message today is very simple, Trust God's Tempo. Let's say that together. Trust God's Tempo. You will live a lot less of a complicated life if you will just trust God's Tempo. You will have a lot less regrets and misery if you'll just trust God's Tempo. He has the right tempo for the season that you're in right now. What if we could pull back the curtain and know the date that God had set for the dream that he'd put in your heart? What if you knew that February 10th, 2016, at 3.39 p.m., you were going to meet the love of your life? I'm talking to the singles, not the married people. (laughs) Married people, the love of your life is already in your life. Singles, you wouldn't get discouraged if you knew the big day was coming. You'd get excited. You'd start working out, go tanning. You'd go buy some new clothes. You'd be like, yeah, my big day's coming, baby. February 10th, 3.39 p.m., 2016. You'd get excited. But see, here's where faith kicks in. Listen to this. Don't miss this. Faith kicks in in the fact that God tells us in his word there are set times, appointed times, but he doesn't tell us when they're going to happen. In fact, even... Right now, many people are are feeling that Jesus could return any moment. And I don't know about you, but I feel that too. But did you know the Word of God says, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the minute. Nobody knows the week it's going to happen. We can sit around and guess all day. Not even Jesus himself. And so the faith comes in trusting God's tempo. That he knows the right time. And by the way, in October, I'm going to do a series on end times. So you don't want to miss it. But you know, I think about how God has the perfect timing for your marriage. He's got the perfect timing. If if you knew the day and the hour and the the moment, it wouldn't require faith. And that's where God calls us to trust his tempo, to trust that he knows what he's doing. And so how do we trust God's tempo? I think Hebrews chapter 6 tells us the answer for it. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says this, that don't become sluggish in your waiting, but instead imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises of God. In other words, you're not the first person who's had to wait a long time for your destiny to be fulfilled. You're not the first person to have to wait a long time to get married. You're not the first person to have to wait and go through some tough times before you have that baby. You're not the first one. And and God says, hold on, look back in the history of God's word and imitate those like Hannah and like Samuel and like David and like Esther and like Joshua and Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Imitate those who through faith and patience trusted God's tempo for the dreams and the miracles that God would bring into their life. I want to tell you today, God has a breakthrough coming for you, but you've got to wait on his timing. You can try to force it to happen. And I think about how Abraham and Sarah in the Bible, God had promised, we're gonna, God had said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And through this son, you're going to be the father of nations. You're going to have children that outnumber the stars in the sky. And Abraham was excited and yet a little bit anxious because here Abraham was getting older. He was almost 100 years old. The dream hadn't happened yet. Sarah was 90 years old. The dream hadn't come to pass yet. And here they were thinking about the promise God had given them and They were like, okay, God, time's running out. Like, you know, we're not living 900 years anymore. Like, now we're only living 100 and a few years after that. And so they were waiting for God's timing. And 
Sarah, instead of staying in God's tempo, she hatched a plan, right? Sarah kind of took things into her own hands. She said, okay, Abraham, God's promised us a baby. And I think maybe what God wants us to do is kind of force this thing to happen, to push this door open on our own. And she said, Abraham, I need you to sleep with my maidservant, Hagar. And Abraham was like, I'm a team player. Let's do this. <laughs> it's the word of God. So Abraham slept with Sarah's maid. And, and what happened? They birthed a baby, and the name of the baby was Ishmael. And you know, the problem was they always had tension with Ishmael. There was always struggle. There was no grace on that because they had done something outside of God's tempo. But here's the good news. God, in his amazing mercy, forgives us of doing things in our own timing and still blessed Abraham and Sarah with an Isaac. And here's what happened is with Isaac, God, what God births, he gives the grace for you to take care of. What God gives you, what God promises you and does it in his timing, he gives you the power and the provision for you to handle it and take care of it. If God moves you into a promotion in his timing, he's going to give you the grace to handle that position. But if you try to do it in your own timing, there won't be grace there. You'll be doing it in your own strength. And there was constant tension between Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael. But the day came where Isaac came around. And here's the point of the story I want to tell you. You can try to get ahead of God. And you can keep birthing Ishmael's, but you're going to keep having problems and keep losing sleep and feeling frustrated and feeling all this tension. Or you can wait with faith and patience for your Isaac and know that when the Isaac comes, there's grace to handle it. Let's talk about faith for a moment. Faith is trusting God, believing that God is good. I think that right there is a tough thing because what you believe about God determines really how you're going to live your spiritual life. If you think God is not going to... Uh, come true to his promises, that he's not a promise keeper, it's going to cause you to live worried and anxious and trying to speed up the process. But if you'll rest, Hebrews chapter 4 says it like this. It says, those who believed in God enter into his rest. Hebrews 4 verse 3 says, only those who believe God will enter into his rest. In other words, when you have faith that God's going to do what he said he would do, you're not anxious, you're not worried, you're able to sit there and rest. My God's faithful. It's going to happen in his timing. It won't happen when I need it. When I want it, it'll happen when God wants it to happen. God will move me into that position when it's God's timing. People might ask you, when is it going to happen? When are you going to be promoted? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? Anyone ever felt those pressures before? And sometimes we live under the pressures of people instead of being led by the Prince of Peace. People are saying, I wish you would just get married. I wish you would just have children. I wish you would just start your business. And I wish you would get that promotion. And you get anxious because people are pressuring you. And instead of going to prayer, you get into paranoia. Man, me and Ashley saw a good movie this past week, War Room. You need to go see it. If you haven't seen War Room, that's my homework assignment for you this week. Go see War Room. But see, here's what it teaches. The, the movie and really the principle of this message is when you wait patiently with faith, just trusting my God is good, he's going to restore what the devil's tried to steal in my marriage. My God is faithful. I'm not going to push this. I'm not going to force this. I'm not going to manipulate this. I'm not going to try to control this and shove the door open on my own. I'm trusting God. The best way to trust God is right here on your knees. The devil can't knock a man down who's on his knees praying, trusting in God through faith and patience. Everybody say patience. That's an underutilized word in the body of Christ. Patience means to, to wait steadfast. It doesn't mean being lazy. 
It means waiting with an excellent spirit, waiting for the promise of God, not just sitting around idle, but just trusting God, continuing to do the work he's called you to do, the best that you can do, the best that you can be, trusting that God's going to bring the promotion at the right time. I remember when I was 18 years old and I went to ORU, and that first week of ORU, I was sitting in a chapel and our president was speaking, and I saw a vision of preaching on the stage of Christ Chapel to all the students at ORU. And I got so excited, Robin, that I was going to preach at ORU. And I remember waiting my freshman year, when is my time coming? And it didn't come. My sophomore year, when are they going to ask me to preach? And they didn't ask me. My junior year, I watched other classmates get the opportunity to preach. I watched people who were younger than me get the chance to preach on the stage. And you know what? I got mad at God. I said, God, have you forgotten about me? When is my time coming? You gave me a vision. When are you going to give me that opportunity? And God said, Paul, I'm not in a rush to make you successful in the eyes of man. God is in no rush to make you successful in the eyes of man. God said, Paul, I care more about your character development than your portfolio development. I care more about who you're becoming than what time you're getting your chance and your opportunity. And maybe the delay on your dream, the delay on your miracle, the delay on your breakthrough is not because God's forgotten about you, but because God's still working on you. Maybe it's because God's still working on her, single guys. Maybe it's because God's still working on him, single ladies. And I remember waiting for that dream to come to pass. I graduated from ORU, never got the chance to minister. Years went on. I forgot about the dream. I just said, God, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in your timing. But I don't know if it will ever happen. I released it. I put it on the shelf. I had forgotten all about it. Ten years went by. And I got a phone call the summer as I was turning 28. I had been out of college now for six years and... Ten years from that dream of once seeing myself preach, and I got this phone call, and it was a guy from Dr. Billy Wilson's office, and he said, Paul, we'd like for you to come preach at ORU on November 22nd. I started tearing up because that was the anniversary that my father had passed away. They didn't even know it. He said, do you think you got time on your calendar to do that? I put the hand over the phone. I was like, do I have time? Praise God. Ashley was in the room. I was like, you're not going to believe what, what's happening right now. They're asking me to preach at Oreo. I was so excited. I said, hold on. Let me check my calendar. Thank you, Jesus. I said, yeah, I think that's going to work. I think that fits in my calendar. I got nothing going on that date. And I got to stand before those students and preach a message in the timing that God had instead of in the timing that I would have had. God's timing is always better than your timing. I think about the story of Lazarus in John 11 when Lazarus had died and his sisters, Mary and Martha, called to Jesus. They sent word to Jesus, come and heal. Come and resurrect your friend Lazarus. He's dead. And Jesus said, it's not time yet. Not time? He's dead. When is it going to be time? And Jesus said, hold on. Because there's something bigger at stake here. And sometimes God delays a miracle because he wants his power to be seen even greater than it would be at the time that you want the miracle to happen. You're waiting to get healed right now, but what if God has your healing planned for October 15th, 2017? You're like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. Two more years from now? Because what if God's plan 
is to show his glory through your healing to your family who right now is not ready to see the healing happen. They're not sure what would happen. I'm telling you, God has a bigger plan. And Jesus showed up four days later after Lazarus was dead. And he said, okay, now it's time. And the sister said, you should have been here days ago. You were supposed to raise our brother from the dead. And Jesus began to cry. He said, let's, let's bring him out. And in fact, Jesus said, do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? And I want to ask you today, do you believe that God can do what he said he would do? Do you believe that God can still heal you? Do you believe that God can still restore your marriage? Do you believe that God can still bring your son back to church? Do you believe you can still get that promotion? Do you believe you can still get that scholarship to ORU? Do you believe, I know you didn't get it in the time you wanted to, but what if it's because God has a bigger plan? It's bigger, see, God sees a bigger picture than what you and I see. And sometimes we can get impatient. And sure enough, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. He lived. It was a miracle. It was an amazing miracle. I think about in your life today, God wants to bring something back to life. He wants to bring a dream back into your heart that you let go of, that you've kind of given up on. Maybe you've been frustrated with God. Maybe you've been trying to force this promotion, force this relationship. And God's saying, trust me, I've got the perfect timing just for you. I want the band to come up as I get ready to close. Think about this. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. My sister Sarah, today her and her husband are celebrating their one-year anniversary of planting Victory Orlando Church, a sister church of Victory. And Sarah and Caleb's love story is really special, but I want to tell you what happened before they came together. Sarah had gotten a dream in her heart when she was 18 that God was going to bring her to a man of God and that they would date and they would get engaged, get married, and they would do ministry together and travel the world doing missions. But God said, Sarah, your freshman year at ORU, I don't want you to date anyone. I want you to stay single and just trust me. A few months went by of doing that plan. And Sarah kind of got anxious. Guys were asking her on dates, and this one really good-looking guy, he was a man of God, started pursuing her. And I just want to say to all the singles in the room, just because he's a good-looking man of God doesn't mean he's the man for you. And guys, just because she's a beautiful woman of God doesn't mean she's the right one for you. Trust God's tempo. It may be the right one, but the wrong time. And if you get ahead of God, you're going to live with an Ishmael while you're still waiting on your Isaac. Sarah caved into the pressure, and she tells the story better than I do, but I'll try to do it justice. She, she allowed this guy to start courting her and fell in love, and they got engaged after a few years, and they started planning the wedding, sent out the invites to the church, started getting wedding gifts, and all through it, she felt certain red flags, just feelings like, I just don't know if this is right, but it's just so much pressure and excitement that maybe I should just go through with it, and and she dismissed some of those red flags. She was not being led by the peace of God. She was being led by the pressures of people around her. And my parents all along were praying. They knew in their hearts, this just didn't feel right. But instead of trying to push Sarah in their direction, they prayed for Sarah to hear from God. And parents hear this. When kids grow up and they're out of the house or they're old enough to be an adult, you can either push them in your own direction or you can pray for them to be led by the Spirit. My parents prayed the decision out. In fact, they said, God, if this is not your timing, if this is not your will, please show Sarah and this other guy. Two weeks before the wedding, God spoke to Sarah and this other guy, and he called off the wedding. 
And it was a tough thing. Sarah was heartbroken, tears, just feeling embarrassed in front of the church, having to send back all the wedding gifts, give back the ring. She had a dream of marrying this guy and doing ministry together. And she was going, God, what happened? But she knew, she trusted. God spoke to her, Sarah, trust me even with the closed doors. I want to tell someone today, you've had a closed door and you thought it was a denial, but really God was saying that was my protection for your destiny. I'm, I'm freeing you from something that could be very painful and very difficult if you try to force that. God's speaking to you right now. I don't know who you are, but God's speaking to you. And a few months went by and she was still hurting and guys started trying to pursue her even in her pain. And if you're a guy pursuing a girl whose heart is broken, you need to stop now. You don't want to marry a girl whose heart is halfway healed. You're not the healer either. You need to let God heal her heart, and then you can start pursuing her, and then you marry her. You protect her heart. Guard her heart. Sarah, she couldn't date any guy anyway. She was just hurting, and it was hard to walk back into church, just afraid of the judgment. I'm so thankful, Victory, you are not a judgmental church. You accept people even when they feel like they failed publicly, even when they feel like they're not where they should be, and you love people even where they're going through a tough storm and she walked back in and she was loved by everyone everybody loved her and she started doing ministry again a year went by and her heart was healed again her heart was whole and there was this guy who had been waiting all along his name was Caleb and Caleb went up to Sarah one day after church after a year from the engagement and said Sarah would you go on a date with me sometime and she said sure Caleb you know we've been friends they had known each other since fourth grade and so Caleb began to go on these dates with her group dates. And during that time, Caleb had already been leading a Sunday school class, teaching me and teaching my brother the Bible. And then he would be playing basketball with different guys at the church. And the night came where he proposed to Sarah. He asked her to marry him. And, and it was amazing because he told Sarah this. He had been waiting to tell Sarah this. Listen to this real, real closely, y'all. He said, Sarah, I have loved you for a long time. He said, I loved you back in high school. He said, God spoke to me a vision that I was going to marry you. And when you got engaged to that other guy, he said, I was heartbroken. I would cry often just thinking, God, why would you give me a vision and then totally take it away from me? He said, I was hurting. In fact, he was one of the groomsmen of this other guy. He said, it was so painful thinking about being in a wedding, looking at the girl that I wanted to marry, that I was dreaming of marrying. And he said, I totally gave it to God. I surrendered it. He said, I didn't try to fight for you. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I kept it between me and God. I didn't try to manipulate it. I didn't try to force myself or push myself. And she's crying as she's listening to this. And he said, Sarah, when I found out the night that you guys had broken off the engagement, I had a praise party in my apartment. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. And he said, I waited. I waited as other guys were pursuing you. And I just knew God said, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. I trusted God's tempo. I trusted God's timing. And today, they've celebrated over 10 years of being married with two beautiful children in a church in Orlando. I'm telling you, God's timing is always better than our timing. He's got the perfect timing for you. I want you to stand on your feet all over this room. David said, Psalm 31, 15, God, my times are in your hands. Let's say that again. My times are in your hands. 
In other words, David was saying, I'm not going to try to force this. I'm not going to try to push my will my way. I'm trusting your tempo. I'm trusting your pace. Even though I might be going slow right now, Lord, I'd rather be going slow in your will than going fast outside of your will. Lord, I'd rather be in tune with your spirit, in sync with your spirit, going at a pace that may not be as fast as my friends, but Lord, I'm trusting, I'm obeying you. I'm waiting on your timing. I'm listening to your tempo. Please, no one moving all over the room. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment, but I want you to really think about it in your heart. Some of you have been waiting for a miracle to happen, waiting for a dream to come to pass, and you're looking at your watch going, come on, God, God, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. I don't understand. Sometimes God takes us on detours. Instead of taking us on a direct flight, he says, I'm going to fly you from Tulsa to Dallas, Dallas to Atlanta, Atlanta to Chicago, and then to Little Rock, Arkansas. Why couldn't I have just gone straight to Little Rock? Because God had a better timing. God was delivering you from some things that could hurt you. God was protecting your destiny. Before I end, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying this, to tell you this story. When I was a young boy, I watched my parents go to Dominican Republic on a mission trip to do a big crusade our first year there. They had done crusades all over the world, Russia, Czechoslovakia, Eastern Europe, Africa. It was our first time to Dominican Republic, and when we got there, we had set the crusade, the outreach. We had brought food and Bibles, 7 p.m. that night, and I was watching my parents at 7 p.m. There was only a few hundred people on the field, and as a church, we had invested a lot into this outreach, and I could tell my dad was nervous. Is, is are people going to come? It's 7 p.m. We set the time for 7. 7.30 rolled around. There was still only about 400 people there, and praise God for those 400, but as a church, we were believing God for 20,000 people to come. And so it was kind of disheartening. 7.45, 8 p.m., the local church pastor came over to my dad and mom and said, just wait, just wait. He said, our people here in Dominican, we live on a different time than you in the United States. He said, we got a different pace, a different rhythm, a different tempo. He said, you just wait. Don't get up and preach yet, pastor. I want you to preach when, when the people are here. He said, just wait. My dad's just waiting patiently by faith God please bring more people here about 9 p.m. 30,000 people came to that field that night and the gospel was preached thousands of people were fed spiritually and physically but God's saying just wait how many of you guys have a promise that's a little overdue a miracle you've been waiting on you're saying that was supposed to happen like a, a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago. You're believing for bills to be paid, relationships to be restored. You're believing for healing in your body. I'm telling you today, trust God's tempo. His timing is better than your timing. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here today and you say, Paul, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. I need encouragement to wait with faith and patience. I need strength. I'm facing something that I'm believing for and it's been hard to wait for and I, I've been tempted to rush it, to push it, to force it in my own timing. But today, I'm reminded that God's tempo is better than my tempo. Today, if that's you, you need that strength. I want you to lift your hand up all over this room. You're saying, yeah, that was me. You were preaching to me the whole time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, hands going up all over the room. Today, you're saying, please pray for me. I need strength to wait. 
for my marriage to be healed. I need strength to wait to marry that person. I need patience. I need faith to believe that my, my family's going to be restored, that healing's going to happen for my husband, that healing's going to happen for my wife, that you're bringing him back to church, that you're getting us back together. Lord, help me not to manipulate it. Help me not to force it. Help me to trust your tempo. Secondly, you're here today. You say, Paul, I'm not right with God. Not only have I not trusted his tempo, but I've been living my own way. I've been sinning. I've been doing things I know I shouldn't do and thinking things I know I shouldn't think, saying things I know I shouldn't say. And today, I want to repent. I want to surrender to Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up all over this room. Today is your day to get right with God, to let Jesus be Lord of your life. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. From the front to the back, the side to the side, hands going up all over this room. If you raised your hands for either of those things, I want you to come step out from your seat boldly. Meet me at this altar right now. You're saying, today, I'm getting my strength back. Today, I'm getting salvation. Today, I'm getting my faith back. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want our pastors to pray for you. This is your day to say, God, my times are in your hands. Come on, just find a place at this altar. You want to come by yourself? You want to come with your spouse? You want to come with your child? Come with your parent? Just come and say, God, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. Let's sing this chorus all together. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for patience and faith. Let's worship God this morning right now. My times are in your hands. baby. They celebrated that baby, but what most people didn't know is just three years ago, they had two miscarriages in a row. Two miscarriages in a row. And after that second one, they were hurting, heartbroken. God, have you forgotten about our dream to have a child? Have you forgotten about us? Lord, is this the end? Are we never going to have children? In tears and prayer, they just surrendered it to God. God, Our dream is to have a child. But 
Lord, we trust your timing for when that's going to happen. After they prayed and cried and walked through a season of experiencing the pain of those two miscarriages, God blessed them with a beautiful, healthy baby. And just two weeks ago, in tears, they were holding that baby, saying, God, you're faithful. You're faithful. You didn't forget about us. You're faithful. And I know someone's here today that needed to hear that story. You've been waiting, wondering, did God remember that I wanted a child? He knows. And He's going to restore what the locust has stolen. He's going to restore what's been robbed from your life. He says, I can redeem the time. I've got a way of making the most of the time that you've got left. I've got a way of accelerating your destiny. But you've got to trust my tempo. You've got to trust my plan. You've got to believe that God's the author of life, not the author of death. John 10.10 says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And He's here right now, breathing trust into your soul. Grace on your life. Patience to wait for the promises of God. Faith to hold on to hope that He's not abandoned you. I want us to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Not my will. Your will be done. I delight myself in you. I know you hear my prayers. I trust you, God. Even when it doesn't make sense, I trust your timing. I repent of doing things my way. And I receive your forgiveness of all my sins. Your grace that empowers me to walk in faith and patience. Waiting for you, God. For your breakthrough. Your miracle in my life. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you this morning. Now just give him praise right where you're at. Praise God. Lord, I thank you. The miracle is in the house. It's on the way. Trust you, God, with your time.